Goodbye, My Lady, Chapter 3 He took the shortest way home, and when the cabin was in sight, he saw Mr. Cash's truck parked near the front steps. Skeeter's first impulse was to go back into the swamp and stay there until Mr. Cash had gone, but Mr. Cash was bound to find out sooner or later, so there was nothing to do but face up to it and get it over with. He found Uncle Jess and Mr. Cash out by the woodpile. The storekeeper gawked at Lady and then busted out laughing. Her tail was curved high, and the dead rat and the frayed rope trailed from her neck. Mr. Cash slapped his leg, and his little potbelly shook in mirth. What's that thing? Skeeter felt his neck reddening, and he stooped by his dog and untied the rat and threw it away. Be John Brown if he'd humiliate his dog in front of a man like Mr. Cash. He had the best dog in the world, coming and going. Foxhounds and coonhounds and hoghounds, bird dogs and squirrel dogs. He had a turkey dog, too, the only turkey dog in the county. When Skeeter spoke, he strained for politeness. Good morning, Mr. Cash. How you like my dog? It's a dog, all right, Cash said. Never saw one like it, but it's a dog. Rat runner, huh? Skeeter ignored the slur on his dog. Found her near the spring, he said. She sort of chuckles, cries too. Beaten thing I ever heard of. Cash took off his felt hat and mopped his bald head. What's she good for? Hunt anything, Skeeter said. Ain't to make a bird dog out of her. Don't we, Uncle Jess? Maybe, the old man said. Mr. Cash, Skeeter had to know, and so he asked it forthrightly. You don't know nobody who lost a dog. Ain't nobody round here lost that dog. But I know one thing. I know a boy who found himself a dog. And finders keepers, ain't he, Cash? Uncle Jess suggested, Finders keepers. That's how things are around here. The storekeeper jerked his head at Jess and said, Come on out to the truck. Got something to show both of you. They headed for the truck and Lady ran before them. Cash climbed into the truck and opened a crate and out stepped the most beautiful dog that any of them had ever seen, an English setter with soft eyes and a majestic demeanor. Uncle Jess stepped back as though in the presence of dignity and whistled softly. Even Lady moved back, bracing herself after she had retreated to the proper distance. It wasn't fear, it was respect. Skeeter just stood by the truck and stared. Cash spoke to his dog, and the dog leapt from the truck and went to him, ignoring everything else, even Lady. Where you get him? Skeeter asked. That's a lot of dog. The storekeeper grinned his pride. This is a pure English setter. This is a bird dog that is a bird dog from way back. And you ain't stretching it, Uncle Jess said. Skeeter was stroking Lady. Never saw a dog like that. Like I said, where did you get him? Cash spoke to his dog, and the setter leapt back into the truck and posed there, looking around like a king. Bought him over in Alabama a few weeks ago, like I was telling Jess here. 
could be some dogs as good as this one, but there ain't none better. He opened the crate and the dog went in. Skeeter had a feeling why Mr. Cash had brought the setter out to the cabin, but he wasn't sure, and so he approached the subject in a roundabout way. Well, all I can say is that you've got yourself a bird dog. What's his name? Millard Fillmore. Ever heard of Millard Fillmore? Cash demanded. No, Uncle Jess pushed his hat to the back of his head. Been round here all my life and never heard no such name. For man, boy, dog, or goat. Horse or mule, neither. The storekeeper's eyes crinkled in merriment. Millard Fillmore was President of the United States. Never heard of him, Uncle Jess said. Must not have mounted to much. Going to call him Mill, Cash said. Better name for Colin. But he's registered as Millard Fillmore. Got him in the book, just like Yankees and them rich bird dog men over in Alabama and up around Atlanta. Cash opened the door to his truck and climbed behind the wheel. He rested his arms on the door and looked down at Skeeter and at Lady. Brought Mill out here for you and Jess to look after him and work him for me, but you already got a dog. Got room for two dogs, the boy said, hopefully. The storekeeper would pay well for them to take care of the dog and work him. Then, too, the setter could teach Lady how to hunt. I'd feed him good and take him to the woods every day. No, I reckon not. No, I reckon not. You don't want your dog running with mine. The boy spoke slowly, and there was a trace of bitterness in his words. Ain't saying that at all, Cash avoided the boy's eyes. You acting like I low-rated your dog. I ain't, uh, just that Mill's a fine bird dog, and yours hunts rats. If my dog runs with yours, he more than likely would learn bad habits. Cash chewed the words as though he disliked saying them. Can't take a chance. My dog is in the book. Paid a hundred dollars for him. I get the drift. Skeeter stepped back from the truck, and Lady followed him. Your dog's in the book, and mine came from the swamp. Well, I aim to keep mine. That's what I told him, Jess said. Told him we'd be rightly proud to look after him. But we aim to keep ours. Know how you feel, Cash said. But I aim to get Gates Watson to look after mine and work him. Your dog won't be running over that way, will she? Skeeter said, I'll keep my dog this side of the river. Won't let her run with your dog and learn him bad habits. But you keep yours on the other side of the river. Cash stepped on the starter. No hard feelings. No hard feelings, Skeeter said. Cash put his truck into gear and told them goodbye. The old man and the boy watched the truck out of sight. How much did Mr. Cash offer if we'd take care of his dog? Skeeter asked. Not so much. How much, Uncle Jess? Three dollars a week and something to eat. The amount surprised the boy. Such a sum in a few months would mean Uncle Jess's false teeth and maybe a down payment for a 20-gauge shotgun. He felt downright miserable. Heard a bull gator the other day. Get him come cool weather. 
Hide'll sell good. He did not raise his eyes from the ground. And there's bound to be some bee gums that the bears didn't get. They'll bring four or five dollars, and we can cut a heap of wood between now and rainy weather. We'll get some roebuckers. The old man sighed and headed back to the saw. Don't fret yourself. Did I get them roebuckers? I'd eat so many roasting ears, I'd get down with heartburn, more than likely. Skeeter lost no time beginning ladies' lessons as a bird hunter. Uncle Jess had told him, Want yourself a bird dog? Stay with it every day, from can to can't. And had he loved her one whit less, his patience would have been worn out in the chore of teaching her to hunt only birds, for Lady was eager to hunt anything. In the beginning, she was baffled by his command for her to heel and to walk always in his left a few steps behind him, or to sit motionless or stand politely at his left heel when he told her to. He tied a loop of rope around her neck and made her follow him at the proper gait. If she came too close, he pushed her back, and if she straggled, he pulled her close, and all the time he kept saying to her, Heel, lady, heel. Once she tried to dash away and chase a rabbit, and he pinched the rope around her neck, and although the pain was slight, the humiliation was much, and her eyes filled. Don't give me that crying stuff, he told her. Used to get by with Uncle Jess doing that myself. It took her only a few hours to associate disobedience with disfavor, and she learned quickly that the boy would reward good work, but that he also could punish without pity. By mid-afternoon of the first lesson, Skeeter was so tired, he sought a log deep in the shade and sat down. Lady curled at his feet, and they both rested, and then suddenly she tilted her nose and leapt to her feet and was away, ripping toward the river, despite his command that she return. He ran after her, and then he heard the chicken squawking, and when he found his dog, she was eating a big fat hen. The boy was horrified. The chicken belonged to the Watsons and had got across the river somehow. He snatched the chicken and beat Lady across the nose with it. He looked around carefully to be sure nobody had seen the incident, and he got a stick and dug a hole in the muck and buried the evidence deep, so no one must know that she had killed the hen. A chicken-killing dog like an egg-sucking dog could not live in the swamp, for any man had the right to shoot a chicken-killer or an egg-sucker. The boy was scared. Having tasted chicken blood, his dog would want more. He grabbed her by the scuff of the neck and cuffed her hard. Chicken killer, he spat out the verdict. No wonder Mr. Cash didn't want you running with his dog. Lady slunk away and laid down and put her paw over her face. He walked over and sat down by her. Don't you know that a chicken dog ain't no count? Ain't you got a lick of sense? He was so exasperated that he felt like crying, and yet he yearned to pet her. But that wouldn't do. So he ordered her to follow him, and they went deeper into the swamp, and she stayed right at his heels until they were almost to the bayou, and then she cut around in front of him, looked over her shoulder and chuckled, and then deliberately she dashed away. 
He was so surprised that he stood there for a minute and didn't even call her. She was eating a water rat when he found her. He realized that she was not afraid of blows and cuffs. She must be shamed. He unraveled most of the rope and tied the dead rat around her neck. She pawed at the thing as she had at the other one and tried to shake it loose and failing this she looked up at him and though begging him to free her of this hated burden. Got to wear it. He drew the noose tighter and the dead rat was against her throat. Can't help it if folks do see it and know you're a rat runner. Evening gloom was nigh and yet as weary as he was the boy dreaded to go home. The first rat wasn't so bad. His dog didn't know any better then, but she had done it a second time, and that was a shame on her, and a slur to him. The sun was far down behind the swamp, when Skeeter walked into the cabin, and Lady slunk in behind him. Uncle Jess was fixing supper, and he glanced down at her and saw the rat around her neck. Skeeter said nothing, and Uncle Jess said nothing and Lady crawled over to the old man and rubbed against his leg, begging him to help her. He shoved her aside with his foot, seemingly without pity or even sympathy. She slunk away and went to Skeeter's bed and leapt up on it, and the boy grabbed her by the scuff of the neck and jerked her off. No rat dog sleeps in my bed, he said bitterly. So she crawled under the bed and kept pawing at the thing, but it would not come off, and she lay there sobbing her misery and mortification. The old man and the boy sat down at the table and ate their supper, and did not speak her name or even glance her way. Skeeter piled all the scraps in a pan and put it by the edge of the bed. She would not show her face even for food, and the boy turned his back on her without a word and helped Uncle Jess wash the dishes. The old man put the lamp in the middle of the table, and Skeeter said, Maybe she was hungry. Maybe that's how come she did like she did. Ain't no two ways about it. You got a rat dog on your hands. Hard to break a rat dog. Skeeter didn't dare tell him about the chicken. Ain't to leave that rat on and let her get a bait of it. All night, what you think? That'll be long enough. A dead rat ain't rightly nice around the house. She'll be broke by then. Maybe so. A rat dog ain't worth feeding. Never saw a rat dog make a bird dog. His pipe was clogged up, so he got a broom strong cleaned it. Hope she don't go after chickens or eggs. Somebody'd shoot her. Sure's the Lord made little green apples. There was no answer to that. The boy went out to get some stove wood, and the old man got up and poured a little bacon drippings on Lady's food. She thumped her tail against the floor and licked his face, and then pawed at the rat, entreating him to remove it. I ain't in this. He stroked her back and felt her trembling. This is between you and the boy. Now eat. As she ate, he kept talking to her. You had ought to stick by the boy and do like he says. He went on a limb for you. He wouldn't let old Cash low-rate you, and got to stick to that boy, me and you both. Then he saw the tiny pin feather clinging to the 
corners of her mouth, and he was horrified. But it was a thing he could not take up with a boy. If Skeeter knew his dog was a chicken killer, then it was his hurt. If he didn't know, then he would never know from the old man. When Skeeter came back with the wood and saw a lady eating, and saw the bacon fat on the food, he knew what had happened. Is that the way to train a dog? he said. Reckon not, the old man felt sheepish. Didn't mean to butt in, just sort of felt sorry for her. It's all right, as long as I didn't do it. She's got to know that I won't stand for no messin' round. Like me to read to you? Don't know nothing I'd like more than a little readin'. The boy went up to a stack of dog-eared old magazines that Cash Evans had brought out weeks before, picture magazines and sports magazines and many other kinds. Do you want I should read about the spaceman? He asked and picked up a comic book. Let's have one about them cowboys. You know me, just naturally cotton to cowboys. Skeeter found a western magazine and thumbed through it to a likely-looking story and began reading. Uncle Jess slouched in his chair and puffed his pipe and took in the beauty of the words about marvels that only his fancy could picture, the prairie so different from the swamp, so far away, the hard, dry gulches, the brave men, the brave land, of his own boyhood dreams. Lady heard the droning of the boy's voice and cocked her head, from side to side watching them. She was lonesome over in the shadow by the bed. She crawled towards them, dragging the rat, and her ears were tilted to catch Skeeter's summons if he spoke it. The boy paid her no mind, none. So she curled at her feet at his feet and put her head on her paws and watched him. He finished the story. It took him a long time to finish it, and Uncle Jess was almost asleep. Crack-a-jack! Uncle Jess opened his eyes, and his mind came back from the high prairies, back to the swamp and the crawling night. Skeeter felt his dog's cold nose against his bare feet, and she was licking his feet, and he hurt to reach down and pat her. And yet he wouldn't, but go up and took the magazine back to the pile. I'm sleepy. Rightly tuckered myself. Uncle Jess put the lamp close to his bed so he could blow it out without any effort. Skeeter went to his own bed and Lady crawled under it. He reached over and tapped the floor and she came out and he untied the rat and threw it out of the window and she licked his hand in his face and then she leapt in the bed and snuggled down beside him. The day that Skeeter gave his dog her first lesson in casting, he was so pleased with himself and with Lady that he ran all the way home to report her progress to Uncle Jess. But when he saw the old man sitting in the shade with Cash Evans, he slowed to a walk. He greeted the visitor politely, but with reserve, for he still was rankling with the knowledge that the shopkeeper had segregated Milford Fillmore from Lady. Cash said, "'Came out to get my wood.' Old Cash says this wood will settle that old frazzlin' account he been carryin' for us, Uncle Jess told Skeeter. Not for the saw, squares for the supplies. Long as we're squared for something to eat, that's all that counts, 
Uncle Jess said. Skeeter felt relieved. Supplies were running low, and they had no money. He went to the back step where the water bucket was set in the shade and drank from the dipper. Lady followed him and lapped from the bucket. Is it all right for her to drink out of your bucket? Cash asked. Mean Uncle Jess don't care, Skeeter said. She's the cleanest dog I ever seen, Uncle Jess said, and the smartest. She's a hunting fool. What you mean, hunting? Cash looked at Lady. You're standing there telling me this is a hunting dog? She's doing rightly good so far, Skeeter said. Just this morning I waved her out, and she cast. I'm from Missouri, Cash said. You've got to show me. Come on, I'll show you some casting, Skeeter said. He started out of the yard, and Lady trotted beside him, and the men followed. They went over the ridge into a field of broom straw. A breeze was rustling the sedge, and the sun was slanting hot through a pine tree that rimmed the field. Skeeter spoke a command to his dog, and her ears came up, and she looked at him and then away, raising her nose into the breeze. Sharp, ain't she? Jess spoke, his praise softly. Hunting proud, Cash said, and by this he meant that she was sensitive and by no means arrogant or haughty. Skeeter knelt beside her and stroked her chest, and whispered to her, and she was trembling, and then he stood and called, Hup! He waved his hand toward the field. Hup, lady, birds! She lowered her nose to the ground and was away, and slipped into the broom straw and raised her nose high into the wind and chuckled, and then began racing across the field, covering it from side to side. Skeeter glanced back at Uncle Jess, and the old man grinned and nudged Cash. And the storekeeper grinned, too, and then laughed. P. John Brown, look at that. Castin' sure as I'm standing here. Whipping that field, ain't she? Uncle Jess rammed his hands in his pocket and reared back and watched her, covering that field like a fall of dew. Quickly, Lady was out of the sight in the broom straw, working deep in it, and then she appeared on a rise to the east, tossed her head high for any scent that was on the breeze, and raced away again, ripping through the sedge and circling. Skeeter said nothing. He, it was his privilege to brag, but he didn't big talk about his dog. Beats all, Cash said, casting like a bird dog. Hound from pup to papa, but castin' like a bird dog. Ain't to follow her? Skeeter asked. She's working fast, and we'll lose her if we don't move on. They walked rapidly across the field, heading towards the bayou and the swamp beyond, and Lady flashed before them and was running easily through the sledge, covering the ground close and catching the breeze and the scent it bore. Never saw nothing prettier, Uncle Jess said in awe in his voice and bursting with pride. Ain't arguing so far, Cash said. Acts like a bird dog, but is she a hunting birds? Ain't saying, Skeeter spoke with reserve. Lady was out of sight in a thick growth, and the two men and the boy walked to a knoll and waited for her to reappear. The bayou drifted by the edge of the field, and Cash was the first to see Gate Watson. 
standing by the bayou and looking their way. And he said, Yonder's gates. His skiff's tied to that old dead gum, Uncle Jess said. Wonder what he's up to. And then they saw the chickens, five or six big dominackers, stretching along the bank of the bayou and gates shooing them toward his boat. He looked over at the two men and the boy and called a greeting. It was then Lady dashed out of the undergrowth and wheeled towards the bayou and froze to a point. Her curved tail poked up over her back, and she spraddled her front legs and sport, and sort of squatted, and her nose was towards the bayou and the chickens there. Uncle Jess grunted and looked at Skeeter, and the boy's lips started quivering, and he struggled to hold back his tears and his mortification. Chicken dog, Cash Evans said contemptuously. She's pointing them chickens. There was nothing for Skeeter to say. There were the chickens, and there was his dog on a frozen point. He was silent, only hurting deeply within himself. It was Uncle Jess who spoke for her, because the aged have more faith than the young. Uncle Jess said, She's got birds. Cash laughed. You're crazy. She's got chickens. I'm standing here and I'm saying she's got birds, he said it confidently. It's chickens, Uncle Jess. The boy strained the words through the anguish of his hurt. Ain't no use of saying it ain't. My dog's pointing chickens. Go to your dog, boy. Flush them birds and get her off that point. She'll stand there till judgment day. She's telling you she's got birds, and you gotta believe her. Skeeter, only to please the old man, stepped to his dog's side and into the sedge before her. And then a whirr and a flurry of wings, and the quail were up and away. Cash Evans forgot that the boy was nigh and said a bad word. She had birds, casting and pointing, and held them. He began jumping up and down in his excitement and he jerked off his hat and threw it to the ground. Seen it myself, me standing right here and seen it. Told you she had birds, Uncle Jess spoke with dignity as a prophet. Skeeter knelt by his dog, and the tears came, and he put his arms round her neck and rubbed her cheeks. My little old dog, my little old dog. A hunter born, Cash said, and a hunter bred. Is she Gunshy, can you shoot over her? Skeeter brushed his sleeve across his nose and stood up, struggling for the dignity that came so naturally to Uncle Jess. It had a chance to shoot over her. Can't shoot quail until a coosbell hits. She's got a hard mouth. Cash ran his hand under her lower jaw. She'll fetch rough and tear birds. You know how to break her of the hard mouthing. Why a stick? Skeeter asked. Wire stick is best, Cash said. Just wrap some wire round the stick and make her fetch it. She won't bite down. They'll break her of hard mouth. Some folks use barbed wire. I'll use bailing wire. Barbed wire will stick her. Gates Watson walked up from the bayou and added his praise. Thought at first she was pointing my chickens, and then I saw she had birds. It sure was a sight. No, she had birds, Uncle Jess said in a revere of wonder. That evening, 
Skeeter fed Lady a can of pork and beans and felt good in this rare experience of extravagance. Thank you.